Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What's up, y'all? This is Ed Lovers. Come on, son. The podcast. Come on, son. Whole damn world on going crazy, man. Crazy. Drake dropping out, ain't nobody checking for it. Diddy talking to one of the city girls. The BET Awards happening, but BET talking about it's for the culture, but it's not even owned by black people. World has gone crazy. Roe versus Wade, they outlawing abortion. The outlawing abortion is crazy, man. But you can't claim an unborn child if your wife is pregnant on your taxes because according to the government, it's not a person. So you can't claim it on your taxes. It's just, so how is it a person when it comes time to whether or not a woman wants to abort a child? And Brittany Griner is still in jail in Russia, and she's facing child. Um, Ten years. Yankees are in first place. Kyrie Irving done. Got back with the Nets. He opted in. The world is going crazy, y'all. Telling y'all that right now. This world has gone absolutely nutso bonkers. Okay? And then the comedy world is upside down. It just stays upside down. There's always something going on. So you know what I did? I had a conversation with a few comedians that I love and respect. Kim Cole, that I've known since Brooklyn Technical High School, was on In Living Color. And then she uh she got on Living Single Place Sinclair. We love. Uh, Mr. John Hinton didn't get a chance to talk to him. Don D.C. Curry, 30-plus year veteran of comedy and comedy stage who played Uncle Elroy and Friday after next and next Friday. And the one and only called Anthony Payne II, who played Cole on Martin and Cockroach on The Cosby Show. Had an opportunity to sit down to talk to them and chop it up about comedy, stand-up comedy, what it means to be a comic, how comedy and acting go hand-in-hand, and a whole lot of other stuff. You should enjoy this conversation. It's come on, son. The podcast. Come on, son. Son, son, Gentlemen, y'all were y'all were talking. I am well. I look terrible. So if this is, if this is, are you putting this on the? Kim, listen, no, no, this is only audio. This is all only audio for me. And um, I just want to tell you something exactly like, first of all, I am, I've known you since Brooklyn Technical High School. <laughs> and I didn't even go to Brooklyn Tech. My boy Doug <laughs> and his sister went to Brooklyn Tech and I've known you since Brooklyn Tech. I'm so proud of you and congratulations on all your accomplishments. You know, and I was like, damn, you still look like the same Kim from Brooklyn Technical High School. 
Thank you. Well, first of all, you know, I always have fond memories of every time I've had connections with you, Ed, and you've always been so sweet and so kind. And I remember you hanging out at Tech. I was like, does he go here? Hell no. But you (laughs) felt welcome there, and that's all that mattered. How do I, how do I? How do I remember Miss Ski and I didn't even go to the school? I know, but you belong there. You belong there. So just thank you for always being consistently who you are and who you were meant to be and and the icon that you became and the, the, um, hey, DC, I'm going to give you all some love. And Ray, I'm going to give you some love in a minute. But right now, me and Ed are giving each other love. (laughs) Who you um, rose to become and the way you helped shape culture. So thank you. Well, thank I'm you, very, I'm you. very, very proud of that, and I'm, and I'm very proud of, uh, you know, we. It, it seems like at that time, and Ray, you can attest to this too. And, and and the great DC Curry is on this on this Zoom call also. What up, dude? We was all scrambling at the same time, and now that we're all older and and everybody's iconic in their own way, it's it's very special. It's very special to me to be able to sit down and talk to all three of you guys at the same time. And Ray, thank you for connecting us. What's up, sir? What up, Hey, Carl. What's up, brother? What's happening? What's up, lady? What's (laughs) happening with you? You are all going to be at the King's Theater on July 9th for for what Ray and the Laughaholics Nation put together, the 90s movie and, 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 uh, and TV sitcom comedy show. Um, what is it about stand-up comedy? And I'll start with you, DC, because I believe out of out of all of us on here, you've been doing comedy stand-up the longest. What was it about? I, I don't know. How, I don't know how to take that, man. To take it as a, as a respect <laughs> thing, because when we, when we were doing you, you went from comedy, I think, to to movies and television. We didn't. We went from movies and television to comedy. So how was it, for, what is it about stand-up comedy that keeps you going back over and over and over? i tell you the difference for me, and I, I have no problem with people who use stand-up as a vehicle, you know, want to be actors and so forth, but acting was gravy for me. I know I'm no bona fide actor. I'll never, Will Smith will never get a chance to slap me because I ain't going to get no Oscar. <laughs> And I wouldn't know how to act, no way. Y'all, y'all been ashamed of me. <laughs> I responded. But in stand-up, you know, I'm the writer, I'm the producer, I perform it, which is different from acting where you have to accommodate uh, other powers that be. You know, I was on Grace Under Fire for a year, so I went through that. And there were a couple of times where, uh, you know, I refused to say this or that, but in general, I did some compromising because uh, that's the nature of the game. But I, I, I never uh, longed to be, I was grateful for the acting opportunities that I have gotten, but I never longed to be an actor. I, I, uh, I'm a stand-up man. I'm going on 11,000 shows, man, but that's, all, that's how I make my living. Wow. 11,000 shows. Kim, same question for you. Coming from what you did from Living Color to Living Single, why stand-up? Well, I'm someone who did start out as a stand-up. Okay. But I was very clear that I was using it as a means to enter into another, another realm as well. So for a long time, I held sort of stand-up, and it was, it was great. It, it led to In Living Color, which led to Living Single. And I will tell you the truth. There have been moments in my career that I have 
put stand up off to the side a little bit because it was hard for me to maintain both. I think it's really hard. If you're going to be a great stand up and a great actor, it's a quite a balancing act to be able to do it all. And I, and I have such a, uh, a respect for the, for the form of stand up. And you need to be on the road. You need to be doing your thing. And like DC just said, that you are the actor, the writer, the producer, and, and really the, the audience is your boss and it's the best. And so I go back and forth. And I will tell you this particular show, uh, thanks to Ray and Mr. John Hinton, who's not here right now, uh, they, they pulled me back in. They're like, you need to be doing stand up again. Okay. So I'm coming back to my roots uh, after not doing it for about three or four years or so. However, I'll say this too, and DC will, will speak to this, and all of us here will speak to this that when you are a stand up, when you have that, that, that skill, it can go so many ways. I now, uh, I'm a speaker and you'd be surprised how much of my stand-up material lends itself to the speaking stage, to uh, yeah. inspirational speaking. I just adjust the ending, give people a lesson and thank you very much. Come buy my book at the bottom of the, at the back of the stage. So it's all a great foundation for all the things that you, that you want to do. So yeah. Carl Anthony yeah. Payne II, did you start off as a stand-up or as an actor? Uh, started off as an actor, started off as an actor. Um, the reason uh, stand-up is important to me is for several reasons, several, several reasons. Um, one, you know, it's like, it's like anything else when you, when you want to win the Tony, you want the Oscar, you want the Emmy, you want, you know, you want to be able to, to, to master all forms of your craft. So for, as did I'll, I'll ask you both another question about stand up and, and, and acting. For Don DC Curry, did did stand up help with your timing as a comedic actor? Well, I asked you then. You're, you're <laughs> freezing for me. Okay, absolutely. There's nothing like you know. If I were a producer, I would absolutely hire a bunch of comics first, or I would audition a bunch of comics first to, to get my magic, to get my secret sauce. There's something that we bring as performers because we're so used to writing, producing, directing, and being on stage by ourselves. There's a timing, there's an energy, there's a, you have to know your persona. You have to know how to bring your character forth. I think that there's something really special about um, our energy and the way we work and timing without doubt uh, I would hire a bunch of comics. I would I would audition a bunch of comics first. Okay, how about you, DC? Did did it help when you landed the role in, in Next Friday? Did did your stand up help your acting? Definitely, and those are logistics around stand up. You know, timing and timing is critical. But I think they ought to be it ought to be combined with substance. Now I know I'm old, man. I know I'm old. I know I'm old, man. I'm but I think it ought to be combined with uh with uh, with uh, substance and uh, you know rhythm is is, is important. It's kind of to me like comparing uh you know some churches they do a lot of a lot of humming and 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 stuff and then some get with it. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it kind of depends on your audience. But then of course, as a comic, you have the opportunity to bring the people into your world, you know? Mm -hmm. So they can get with you or they can not get with you. But in in the acting that I've done, minimal acting compared to the likes of Kim and Carl, you know, uh yeah, it is it has come in handy as a tool, man. That's wonderful. Hey, Carl, are you with us now? 
Yeah, can you hear me? I make yes, good sir. Now? Hey, we got him. Hey. All right, all right. <laughs> bad, okay, bad, so Carl, you were you were explaining to us before you got cut off. I don't know yeah. if this, this internet is working one hundred percent, but everything with electronics is not one hundred percent. You were explaining to us why stand up is so important to you. I was saying that like it, like, you know, anything else you want to master every aspect of your craft. Right. So, you know how you want the Tony, the Emmy, the Oscar, all of the above, you know, so so stand up was just another extension of that. Um, I've always respected the art of comedy and and or should I say the art of comedians and, and comics, the craft itself. And that's how I approached it when I approached it. Um, it's important because, it, it you know, it's just the next level. Of, 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 of things, like I said, when you want the Oscar, the Tony, the Emmy, um, I was always afraid of it too. I was always scared because it takes balls. It take, you gotta be brave to, get on, <laughs> to, to stand up there, to stand up there bare naked. Cause that's what you are. You're bearing yourself, you naked man. And you are giving your truth and your point of view to everybody hoping that they feel the same way you do. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, you basically got, you know, your, your pants around your ankles like, you like it? You like it? <laughs> you like this, right? <laughs> and, and so it's important to me, too, because it, it, it basically uh, uh, provided a whole new revenue stream, a whole new audience. And like Kim said, man, it, 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 it helped with being able to do public speaking. Like, it's, it's opened up a million more doors now. The whole time um, growing up watching comedians, I always said to myself, I want to do that. I can be that. And I realized in Hollywood, too, they were giving all the shows to if you weren't like the rapper or the comedian, they were given. That's who they were giving shows to. If you, were, if you was the rapper, they gave you a show, regardless if you could act or not. If you was the comedian, they gave you a show. And then they put a bunch of great supporting actors around. them. Right. You know. And so that's that marriage that DC was talking about. That's that dance, that's that rhythm where, you know, you got a, a healthy marriage of the two. But for years I kept saying, I'm Batman. I'm not Robin, I'm Batman, damn it. Right. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you, you know, that's the only way you're gonna get them to see you as Batman until you put that cape on. Is it, is it, when did you find your voice as a stand-up comedian? Kim, when did you find your voice? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that if you're really a student of the craft, you are ever finding your voice. You are always ever finding your voice. So I found a voice when I started in 1985, uh, 1985. Oh, my goodness. And um, I now have a different voice. It's the same tone of energy, meaning, you know, I don't I'm not I don't, you know, beat up on people or beat up on myself a whole lot. You know, there's a certain tone that is still who I am, the certain point of view that I look at life. But as a 60 year old woman, there's a way that I look at life through this lens that I couldn't have seen when I was, you know, 23, 25 years old. You know what I'm saying? So right. I think if you're really a true um, student of this, then hopefully you are evolving and growing and expanding. So right. DC, same, same question to you, Mr. Don DC Curry. I asked, I asked Chris Rock this question one time. He told me it took him like 15 to 20 years to find his shit, like what his thing was. How about you? Normally, you say it took 10 years, unlike other disciplines in entertainment where you can have overnight success. You know, you can have a child that can go up and just got this extraordinary talent and can sing, but it's, it's not like that with comedy. They used to say it takes 10 years. But uh, 
I, I think part of the reason for that, I think one of the biggest falsehoods ever told is that funny is funny. It's totally untrue. It depends on who's delivering it and depends on who's hearing it. To say funny is funny would mean that Richard Pryor could have effectively delivered Bill Cosby's material. That Bill Cosby could have effectively, effectively delivered Richard's material. That's not true. So it's a matter of who you are and, and what the people will accept from you. So I've written for some other people that don't want it known, which I have no problem with. But when people ask me, why would you write for somebody else and not do that material yourself? The answer is because the onstage persona and character that I have and have created over 37 years will not accommodate certain material. And I got sense enough to know that. Mm -hmm. So I give it away. It's funny, but for me and the character that I've developed over the years, it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't go well because it's not uh it doesn't come off as authentic coming from me because the people have have gotten to know me i i, I can remember when uh i would have to go up and work material work it work it work it but after you've been up for a while you know i'm talking about repetition 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 years and years after a while when i used to have to write and then go and work it at this club work it at that to see if it would work. But at this point, you know, after 30 something years, when I write something, I immediately know it's a hit. Right. And you know whether or not it's funny because you've been doing it for so long. Carl Payne, I've been doing it for so long. I know what the people would take from me. Okay. Carl, do you think it's more difficult for you because you are on such a big hit show like The Cosby Show? And Martin, do you think it's, it's more pressure on you to get up on that stage and be a stand up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause, cause you know, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's twofold. It's two, it's two different classes, right? Mm -hmm. So you got, you got the, the fraternity and the sorority of comedians who value what they do in their craft in a certain way. So when you got people stepping into another realm or stepping into a different lane, so to speak, you know, you, you know, you, you're going to have your critics, but, you know, it's a different eye. They're looking at you with a different eye. You know what I'm saying? They're like, OK, is this young man going to bring it? You know, is he taking this as a joke? Is he riding on his success and fame? Or as DC said, is funny just funny? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the audience is concerned, yeah, because they expect you to be funny already. <laughs> right. They expect you to be funny. So you got maybe two seconds more, maybe two seconds more than a regular comic who ain't nobody heard of. But you got to be able to snatch they snatch they neck from the beginning because otherwise, yeah, you, you'll be T.I. <laughs> oh, 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 COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer.
Gold Peak Real Brew Tea is here to unleash your sense of try, to ignite new passions and rekindle old ones. So try a Gold Peak and then try something else because this taste is worth the try. Try Gold Peak. Come on, son, son, son. What do you think, what do you think, Kev? And Ray, I want you to answer that question too, Ray, because you came from video music back to stand-up. What do you think, Kim? What do I think about? Well, I think there's... Is there more pressure on Kim Cole because um, everybody's seen you on TV and you were Sinclair and you was in... Yeah, you know, yes, yes and no. I'm, I'll say this. I do think there is something about um, having, you know, the, the careers that we've had and being popular... Uh, there is, a, I think that an audience leans in like, ooh, that's so-and-so. I, I like them, I know them, or at least I know of them. And so I really do agree that you do have at least two more seconds and, and you have more grace. But what I like that Carl just said um, that's important is that there has to be um, a respect for the genre. And anytime I've seen people cross over from what they do to what we, we do and what we have done, if that respect I think that it's good to have allies. It's good to have someone like DC Curry saying, I got some jokes I could write for you. You know, that, that fraternity and that sorority, it's welcoming if you are welcoming to it and respectful of it. And I do like when people like us don't take the audience for granted because you could get booed. You could, yeah, get, you could get the hook, you know. With the John, we did five sold out shows together in Charlotte, North Carolina. Myself, you, uh, Remy Reem, and Talent murdered Charlotte, North Carolina. And it was a lot of fun, bro. Give me your thoughts on coming from TV, getting on that stage when people go on. That's Ray DeJean. Is he funny? Right. So being a, a tri-state celebrity, I ain't national like you guys. Right. I'm only known in three states. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> but right. it was a very, 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 very popular show. And um, I started off as a promoter. I'm like, okay, I'm popular. I love comedy. I have a sense of humor. I want to promote some shows. And then one day, uh, uh, Talent was my host, and he couldn't show up. And he said, Ray, I can't, I can't come. You got a host. Let me give you some pointers on the phone. So he gave me some pointers, and, um, and I went out there, and I tried it. It was from that day when I got a few laughs from the audience where I developed this passion that I already had in me. I, I was already a, a, a snapper or ranking people out back in the days and would make people want to fight me. I had that in me already but everybody around me they're like who the hell is this guy video music box thinks he's a comedian now i know ed lover heard the same thing because ed came from the radio ed was funny on the radio and then ed started doing stand-up and they have this they're looking and they're waiting on the side for us to bomb they're waiting they're like i can't wait and i and i find material and to find that funny for me for ray design and one thing that don dc said is that you got to connect with who you are with your audience. That was the biggest lesson that I've learned is that no matter who goes before me, as long as I take it and I make them connect with me as Ray Dijon and take yeah. them on my trip, I'm good. I'm good. I might not be, you know, uh, standing ovation funny, but I can hold my spot and I can hold my own. So now it's gotten easier. Now I'm doing sets. Now I'm out there with you and I'm out there, you know, doing, um, my own 20 minutes. I get booked a lot of different places now. <clears throat> and it feels really, really good to write something, come up with something. I had an advantage though, like, like Ed, I was able to hit that stage. I did hosted concerts and shows. So I had the stage presence already. It was just making that translation 
um, into doing stand-up comedy, comedy, not hosting. Hosting, yeah. you can bail out. Yeah, hosting, I can you bail can out. You can pass the baton. You can get out of it. <laughs> but when you have to hold your own set, that's a whole nother story. When somebody so, yeah, says, you know, the pressure was there, Ed. Yeah, when somebody says, ladies and gentlemen, Ed Lover is different than <laughs> it's hosted by Ed Lover. You know what I mean? Call it <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's a whole different ball game, man. Yeah, for sure. It is. I want to. Yeah. I want. I want to get you guys' opinion, especially you, DC, because um, you've been doing this so long. Everybody, give me their opinion. What did y'all think, and were you disgusted by what was going on? Not between Will and Chris, because we everybody don't walk down that road. I'm talking with D.L. Hughley and Monique. They're both friends of mine, man. I've known Monique for 30 years. D.L. probably is long. Uh, my true sentiments are, it, it made me sad. It made me sad. Now, as uh, far as my just civilian opinion of what have you, uh, I thought Monique was wrong. I ain't scared to say that. Uh, you know, usually it's age, particularly at this age, I thought it, at this age, you know, and I'm, I'm putting them in my age, you know, I'm older than them, but I thought it was ridiculous uh, on Monique's part. I've never insisted to be anything on any show. I've never insisted on being a feature act. I opened, and then after a while, they said, DC, you can't open. And they made me a feature. I never asked anybody to be a headliner. Just after a while, featuring, doing my best, staying within my time, they said, DC, you can't feature. So it made me headline. But I, I can remember when John Witherspoon and I would tour together, and we would literally be arguing about who was going on first. I said, I'm going on first. He said, no, I'm going on first. He said, I'm not going. So, you know, the money didn't change. It wasn't that. So it's kind of, and not to say that ego is bad because without a certain level of ego, you can't survive this business. And, you know, I mean, that's helped me survive. I mean, it helps any comedian survive because back in the day when you first started, you know, you really care what the people think. Mm -hmm. I don't at this point, you know, but uh, <laughs> I think I think it was less, it made her less credible to insist that she headline the show. Just go up in your feature spot and headline the show. Right. And then let the people, then let the people say she should have headlined the show. There you go. I mean, you know, the money ain't going to change, you know. And generally, you know who the headliner is? Who? Who get the most money? <laughs> exactly. And if you give me the most money, I go up while the people are parking, man. <laughs> I could give a damn. <laughs> I could give a damn, man. Oh, your thoughts on that 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 Monique and uh, D.L. Hughley beat? Did it sicken you uh, you, you you know what, man? It's it's uh, <laughs> airing out our dirty laundry in public. I feel like it was more personal than than just that night or whatever was happening at that moment. You know what I'm saying? I feel like there may have been bad blood in the water or history before that. Um, you know, and uh, I, I you know I don't know Monique too well, but it seems like you know it's one of those things where 
you know, she she feels she has these different grievances and these gripes and, you know, where people are picking on her or she's not getting her just due or whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, after all is said and done, I, I think it could have been handled in a different way, for sure. I you know agree I mean? with you on that one, my brother. I, I, I think... I think it could have been handled in a different way where, you know, where again, listen, I've been on stage, I've been on stages where different things have happened in the moment and people will like, like DC said, come out there and blow the roof off the joint. And then afterwards you could have left a little comment, you know what I'm saying? And, and then to do, but I think because of her recent, recent past or recent, you know, recent events and things, you know, like you said, it's, it's like then certain things lose credibility. Now it's like, okay, what are we really dealing with? You know what I'm saying? What, what is this really about now? Kim Coles, I only got like 10 minutes left. Your thoughts? Uh, the whole thing made my tummy hurt. <laughs> Even the thought of me speaking out on the, I've never spoken about it uh, for, for the first time I speak it. It's making my tummy hurt just thinking, talking about it because to speak, um, and to appear to be taking sides, uh, especially if you don't wholeheartedly agree with Monique, uh, I think she sees it as, a, as, an, as an assault to her, an right. assault on her. And so <laughs> that's, the, that's the hard part because yeah. am I supposed to, you know, you know, be down with the sisterhood or am I supposed to be down with professionalism? And um, I, I think that two things, a couple of things that stuck out for me that were really tough um, first of all, where is, do we, do any of us know where the promoter is in any of this? Yeah. I've been backstage and had this thing and you can make it a woman versus a male, you know, a female versus a male comic. You can make that argument if you want to, but in the end you go to the promoter and you handle it. You can make this argument about how men are trying to keep us down. I, I, I really felt, um, DL when he said you are weaponizing uh, how did he language it? The, 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 you know, she was using this to say, I'm doing this for my sister friends. I'm doing this for my babies. Right, and I'm right. like, I don't, what you're doing is not helping us. <laughs> but you're, in my opinion, what you're doing is not helping us. And what I, the other thing that really struck me was when she said that, when she admitted that she was going to do that show to skewer him no matter what. About her before. So that means no matter what had happened that night, you were planning to go in on him. And that means it's premeditated. And that means you thought about doing this. And there was a more, if you, again, just like Carl said, if you wanted to get at him and have a little, you know, have a little shade, there was a way to do it in a way that could have been more elegant and more, more of a zing and ooh, and now it, it becomes this other thing. And to bring yeah, his daughter into it, I thought was like, you're, you're really, if there was this big um, argument about how we're being treated in the industry, you are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> you're, 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 you're ruining what the real cause is about here by bringing in all this other really uncomfortable, nasty, unnecessary things, uh, unnecessary things. So my stomach was doing that because now I'm going to be an enemy of hers and I'm not an enemy. I'm a fan of her talent and fan don't of- Don't be apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> you see no good Well, I'll tell you why I'm scared. I'm scared and I'll tell you why, because- she weaponizes and it's, I'm scared for her. She, she, I'm scared for her. 
It ain't I'm scared for what she has, no. what she is doing to you want to say. It ain't gonna hurt your career. Good point. Good point. I didn't hear you say again. Hey, I only got I'll, six minutes and some change left. What's up, brother? I, I want to. I want to just drop this in real quick. Okay, first of all. I, I don't think Monique responds. She always reacts. I think she reacts all the time from her ego and her emotion. Now, I have other experiences with her. You know, Don D.C. Curry may know her as a comedian comrade. I, I have booked her several times, and I've had situations where she had um, a seven king rooms, uh, and it had to be in a five-star hotel, and one of them rooms winded up being a queen, and she said, she will not do the show. She will take everybody home unless we brought them to another hotel. She's all ego. She reacts from her emotion. She's way too much. And I see it happening. I see she loses shows. She loses relationships. And she cannot keep banking on and backing out on and using my babies and using other people to make a point. That shit ain't working no more. It's not that flying. It hurts no my more. heart. That the hurts. Rain. And I'm scared, DC really Curry, feel. because it's it's I'm scared for her. Like how where do you go from here? Who's gonna why are you laughing at me? I can't wait to hug you in Brooklyn. I can't wait to hug you, brother. I just because I, I don't want to be part of the I'll be another one thrown under the bus for the way that we have now attacked her. So she doesn't see that she's doing it to herself. And when she figures that out, it's gonna be a fantastic day that you get to be in control of all of this. And you get to be in control of all of it. Like when does it stop for her? I love her to death, but I don't, I'm not mincing words. I, I love her to death, but I, you know, I'm, I'm not mincing words. I mean, big ups to DL for how he handled it, in my oh opinion. My That's my opinion. Right. I gave big ups to Chris Rock for how he handled that. Grace, oh my God. grace dignity, and restraint. That's and right. I ain't got, I ain't got none of that. Me either. I ain't been blessed with none of that shit. Dude, I'd have turned some motherfucking tables over if Will Smith was fighting me, nigga. Listen, right now. It would be Ed, Ed, let me, yo, we, 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 when me and Ray went out the last time we talked about this, we just went out on uh, uh, my birthday weekend in uh, May. I was saying the same thing. They had to rename the Oscars Dancing with the Stars because that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> Yo, July 9th at the King's Theater in Brooklyn. People, make sure that you're there. Don D.C. Curry, respect OG. Respect yeah, yeah. Timmy Coles. It's always great to see your sister. Mr. Carl Anthony Payne II, respect to you. Mr. Ranger John, respect to you, man. I love y'all, and I can't wait to hit the road with you all someday, and let's do some shit, man. Very funny people, and y'all are going to be blessed to see a very you funny You're a legend, show. man. July 9th. Kingston in Brooklyn. Thank you all, man. I appreciate you. Come on, son, son. I want to thank my people for being on. Come on, son. The podcast, Kim Coles, Don D.C. Curry, Ray DeJean, and my man, Carl Anthony Payne, the second. Got more good stuff coming up for y'all. I got, I got Faith Evans, Lil C's, and C.J. Wallace coming up. Talking about Biggie and his love for Lexus. That's coming up, man. So make sure that y'all join me and tell somebody to check out, come on, son, the podcast, because we're doing it and we're doing it big. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about your ass next week. Peace.
<laughs> Come on, son, son, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by Cam Quotes and Krista Hayes. Recorded out of Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast brought to you by Ed Lover. Be sure to check out the return of Come On, Son, the web series exclusively on Patreon. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.